0: So, the invitation today for you and for me is to live in a repentant spirit. It's a posture of real deep humility that says, not only are there things wrong with me, in me, although God loves me, nevertheless, but many of them I don't even know yet. And if other people would help me to understand them, would reveal to me what's wrong with me, they would actually be doing me a great favor And in the kingdom of God, that doesn't threaten my well-being, that actually advances me towards knowing God and loving God and being able to live with God. To live today in a repentant spirit of humility, readiness to see and acknowledge wrong with a joyful heart. Uh, That's very contrary to the way that human nature generally runs. It's sure contrary to the way my nature generally runs. And it also gets to the core of uh, a very important topic and one that is extremely misunderstood about the nature of forgiveness. And often in our day, when people think about that, everybody thinks, of course, I would want to be forgiven by God, but I'm not quite sure that I would want to obey God. And I want to try as uh, clearly as I can to explain why, actually, if I don't want to obey God, what I precisely don't want is to be forgiven by God. That's gonna take a little work, so let's walk through this together, remembering, now this is not just abstract information, the invitation today to you is to walk through this day in a repentant, humble, contrite, open, searching spirit. So, renovation of the heart, I'm on page 242. All that is required to begin, Dallas writes about. Now, when we first become disciples, we have very little understanding of everything. We simply believe that Jesus is the one who really is in charge of everything. The Lord, in other words. That's a good way to translate the Lord, which sounds pretty religious, just the one who's in charge. And that He is good and trustworthy. We earnestly want not to be left out of what He is and what He is doing. For we sense, perhaps dimly, that His work is all that really matters and that our life is nothing outside of it. We talk in our day about FOMO, fear of missing out. There's a reason why we have that, but it's about something more than Facebook and vacations and promotion Uh, to miss out on Jesus and what He is doing is a great loss for the soul. We must make His work our work. So we cast our whole being upon Him, as far as we understand it at the time. And then Dallas writes, we in one move find forgiveness for our sins and take His yoke upon us and learn of Him. One move, forgiveness for our sins, taking on His yoke as learners and obeyers. The idea that these can be separated is, as A.W. Tozer pointed out years ago, simply a modern heresy. Now, heresy doesn't mean you're going to get in trouble with the thought police if you affirm the wrong stuff. It means that it's an error in thought that will leave us unable to navigate reality well. It is based upon many levels of misunderstanding and has attained the status of dogma. It is choking the life out of the contemporary Western church. So let's think about this now. There is a great difference between wanting to be forgiven versus wanting to get out of trouble. Forgiving is a distinct gift that we give to one another and that we are given by God. It's not the same thing as condoning. When I condone something, I say it's not really wrong. And always the church wrestles with, are we making up rules that are not actually from God? So in different times, like the thought that dancing is a terrible thing. No, actually it's not. So if you dance, that's okay. Um, forgiving is not the same as excusing. Somebody suffers from a mental illness or an emotional illness and they make decisions they say things that they would never if they were in their right mind if their body chemistry were working the way that it should they never would have done or i've known people that get on a wrong medication and it leads them into manic episodes uh that result in horrendous decisions and poor judgment and bad suffering that does not need to be forgiven that needs to be understood And therefore, it is excused because this person was not morally responsible. They were not in their right mind. You will hear folks sometimes say, to understand all is forgive all. That's exactly wrong. That's exactly wrong. If I understand everything, if what they did make sense in light of what they were suffering, it doesn't actually need forgiving. Forgiveness is not the same thing as getting out of trouble. And unfortunately, a lot of times the analogies that get used for forgiveness or for grace are simply paying somebody's fine. And that's not true. That's not not a complete picture of it because I don't have a personal relationship with a judge. My brother-in-law, Craig, and I, many, many years ago, we were on vacation together and we decided to go out fishing. We went on a little boat. He had fished a few times, I never fished. So we were out there fishing and somebody came up to us in their boat and said, how's the fishing going? And we said, okay. And they said, did you catch anything? Well, you know, caught a few things, but just kind of let him go. And then it turns out he was the game warden. And he literally towed us to his boat and and towed us into shore as though we were gonna row away from him. And while we were talking, it's a true story. My mother came over. She was so mad that he would fine us for violating the law. She said to him, you can't do this. This is my son-in-law, and he's a pastor, and this is my son, and he's going to seminary. And the game warden said, well, that's wonderful, lady. My brother is a priest. So he trumped us all. Now, the fact that we were going to do a religious vocation was not a reason for the fine to be remitted. And you'll hear metaphors sometimes, like I owe a fine and somebody pays it and that's a picture of grace. But the um, the dynamic that that lacks is that a judge who levies a fine on me isn't likely to say, now, if somebody pays this fine for you, is there going to be a change of heart in you? Are you heartily ashamed for what you have done? Do you agree to obey this law? See, forgiveness can only be sought if I agree that what I have done is wrong and ought not be condoned or excused or minimized, but requires the miracle of forgiveness. So, for example, George Wallace was the segregationist governor of Alabama when Martin Luther King Jr. was working for civil rights. He accused Martin Luther King Jr. of being an agitator. If if George Wallace would have come to Martin Luther King and said, I've been calling you an agitator, but now, because I am a Christian, I am going to forgive you. That would have been a terrible thing. Nobody, looking back on that, would want Martin Luther King Jr. to receive forgiveness from George Wallace. In order to seek forgiveness, I must agree with the person that I'm asking for forgiveness that what I have done is wrong. And I must agree that I ought to seek to become a different person and i must agree to seek to do what is right if i don't do those things i may want to get out of trouble i may want to be uh, avoiding pain to not be but i don't seek forgiveness and this is why it is exactly right what dallas said and unfortunately is so often misunderstood in churches we in one move find forgiveness of our sins and take his yoke upon us and learn from him if we're not taking on the yoke, if we're not moving into the life that God has, which is the only life that He has to offer us, then we, want, we may want pain avoidance. We don't actually want to be forgiven. Dallas goes on. When setting out as His apprentices, we will sharply encounter all of the harmful things that are in us. False thoughts and feelings, self-will, bodily inclinations to evil, ungodly social relationships and patterns, and soul wounds and misconnections. These our Savior and Teacher will help us remove as we strive forward through the many-sided ministries of Himself, His kingdom, and His people, all will be bathed in the Holy Spirit. And this process, at least in my experience, continues to go on, often with increasing levels of clarity or pain. So yesterday, we have in our cabana a lovely, pretty white sofa, that is really, really nice. One of the nicer pieces of furniture that we have there. And I got home and Nancy said, I'm frustrated with you because I'd put a suitcase and it has greasy wheels on the sofa in a way that left grease stains there. And it was not the first time that something like that happened. And my immediate reaction when she points it out is not to say, you know what? I can often be careless about stuff like that. And I don't like to be reprimanded. And often I just feel like I want to do whatever the easiest, simple thing to do is. And so I had to come back sometime after that initial conversation and say, you know what? It is a good thing to have something lovely and want it to be kept well. And that's a reasonable and good thing for you who I love to want. And there's just part of me that doesn't like to be criticized, doesn't like to be frustrated. And I want that part of me to die and get better and healthier. So thank you. So The invitation today is to understand that when we seek forgiveness from God, it is not simply pain avoidance. It is I come to agree with God, you're doing something great in the world and I don't want to miss out. But there is much inside me that will cause me to miss out. Would you help me to see with ever-increasing clarity and with great humility where my worth is not on the line, and an open, humble spirit. Why would anybody want to live any other way? That's grace. That's forgiveness. That's today. Guard your hearts. See you next time.